It is good to be with you this morning. I'm Adam. I'm the uh, pastor of this joint. Glad to be with you this morning. And uh, we're finishing a series today called Margin, but I want to go ahead and uh, get you a little excited for starting, uh, starting next week. We've got a new series called Church for Dummies. Uh, tell your neighbor, that's for you. Uh, tell your other neighbor, that's for me. Uh, and uh, so yeah, Church for Dummies, we're going to go through the book of Acts, and we are going to figure out what does it mean to be the church? And so it's, uh, this is a small part of it, coming to church. It is more important that we are the church. And so the church is not a building. The church is you and me. And so let's dig into what that means. And so Church for Dummies starting next Sunday at an FC near you. And so uh, today we are going to finish up margin and uh, I am the resident hypocrite uh, preaching to you on margin. Uh, it has smacked me in the face so many times as uh, this week has just like crushed my soul. And uh, with, with all of these extra things in it, and it's like they're all good things. It's like I, I, I don't want to feel stressed out. And, uh, but all these extra things hit. And so it's like I got to be in uh, Mansfield yesterday for a wedding. Tyler Eisen and Taylor Hat got hitched. And... Um, yeah, and so, uh, so uh, the Isons have a, a room for rent, and uh, they're ready to start making money off of uh, some extra space, and, uh, and so we got to celebrate with them. It was so exciting, and then at the same time, I've got Chris and a crew doing a patio in my backyard, and so like I'm getting stuff ready for it as we're heading out of town, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, our, our lives get so full, and so this series is about making space for God in a maxed out life because if we're not careful uh, we tend to fill it all up and then he gets just a little bit that's left over and uh, and we come in um, it's great if you come in here as as if this is like the oasis and the watering hole for your week it should be a boost this should be a bit of a hospital type environment and and we get to heal up at the end of the week but it's nice if we come in with a little bit of joy left and, and some worship to give to Father God. It, it's good if we've got some, uh, some, some room in our heart to, to share with the kids downstairs or to hold a door open on Sunday mornings and greet people with a smile. It, it's good if there's something left to give God, right? And so we've talked the last few weeks. You can catch all these uh, sermons on our um, uh, Podbean app or uh, through the website, picktownfc.com. But we've talked about our time, we've talked about our possessions, and we've talked about relationships and how making space for God and all of those things is so important. And it all begins with putting Him first. And our illustration throughout the series has been a garden. And so as we consider a garden and I think about what to plant or I get ready for a project, you can use this analogy in a few different ways, but you are considering the final result when you look at that piece of ground. You are picturing the plate of food that you're going to put from the garden, right? I plant tomatoes because I want to put a slice of a big fresh tomato on my big cheeseburger, right? I don't want the plastic pink ones from the store. I want to pull that tomato off the vine and sometimes just eat it straight, right? So I am picturing the fruit when I plant. Because if I don't picture the fruit, then why would I take the time to dig up the ground? Why would I take the time to buy the seeds? Why would I take the time to water and try to keep weeds away and whatever else is keeping me from my juicy tomato? 
And so when we look at our life, and we looked at our time, we looked at our relationships, we've looked at our possessions, and today we're going to look at, at our health, what do we want it to look like? What do we want the fruit to be from our life? And so if I want healthy relationships, that means I've got to plant seeds of health within my relationships. If I want health in my finances, in my possessions, then it means I've got to sow seeds of that in there, of, of maturity and things like that. And I'm looking at the final result when I do the planting. And this margin is really all about trust. Because if I go to the trouble to prepare a garden and, and I'm, I'm considering the fruit, I am trusting that what I'm investing today is going to go that way, right? Can I make anything grow? No. I could try really hard and I could try to make this church grow. I could try to make my marriage grow. I could try really hard to make my bank account grow. And, and just as, as Andrew shared this morning, you're only going to get so far on your, on your own effort. And you might be able to move the needle a little bit with, with some gumption and, and with some extra stress, but it's not going to carry over long term. It's not going to really be healthy. And so I am, by creating margin in these areas, I am trusting God to do the growing in those areas. I'm trusting Him to make the fruit happen. Does that make sense? I can't make peace happen in my life. No way. I can't look at myself and say, be kinder. You can try to do, do that with your children and you can force them maybe, but kindness is going to be the fruit of the Holy Spirit by God moving inside of their hearts, right? So God makes the fruit. And it's all about trusting God instead of ourselves. We're going to go to a verse that's going to, that we're going to close with in, at the, to close this series. And it's in Matthew 22, 37. It, it's, it's actually a, a, a quote of, of arguably the most famous Scripture to the Jewish people. And, and Jesus has been answered the question by a religious leader, and the question was this. What is the greatest commandment given to Moses. And so the constant challenge, they were testing to see if he was who he was saying. So some of these were legitimate, like, prove who you are type questions. But then most of the time, they were just trying to trip him up because they were loyal to the law of Moses and they kept seeing the ways that Jesus interpreted things as being uh, undermining that, even though I think Jesus knew what the laws really meant because I think he authored them, right? And so Jesus would, would uh, answer them. And so he's asked this question, and then Jesus replies, Matthew twenty two thirty seven. he says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. And he's actually quoting a, a, a verse that we see earlier in the Bible in Deuteronomy as the law was given to Moses. And in there, you actually hear another phrase used, all of your strength or all of your might. And so we have this comprehensive, well, if it's heart, soul, like my physical strength, if it's all of my mind, all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my physical being, what's God asking for? He's asking me to love Him with everything that I am and have. How do we love God with all? That sounds, if I'm being honest, it sounds like a tall order. It sounds impossible. It sounds like if I gave God my all, then I, I, I wouldn't have anything left for anybody else. And that doesn't, like, I've got to do these other things. 
I've got to go to work. I've got this family he gave me. Uh, I get, I've, you know, there's these, God, if I really loved you with everything, then I wouldn't have anything left for me or anybody else. That's, that's the, a thought that might go through your head. Deuteronomy 6.4 says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. The Jewish people refer to this as the Shema. And, and it's, that word means here because that, that verse starts with hear, O Lord. So it's like, this is what you're supposed to base your entire life on. And it's the most important prayer that they pray. I want you to get this concept here this morning. We love Him with all by loving Him first. We give Him our all by putting Him first. There's a reason for things in the Bible like that. there's references to first fruits, to, to tithing of your, of your income, to putting Him first in your time. It's because I, I, can't, I can't give the Lord physically all of my time, but I've given Him all of my time by putting Him first in it. He's the Lord over my finances because I, I give to Him first. He's the Lord of my relationships because I put my relationship with Him first. Now this is like the what's supposed to happen setting, okay? So this is like the goal. But we constantly trip over that by saying, well, I've got to pull back. I don't have enough time or resources to give to God because of it needing to go here, here, and here. And, and this is the great miracle, one of the great miracles of the Bible is that He is asking you to trust Him that if you will put Him first in any and every area, you will have enough in all of those areas. So that margin, that space that we create for Him is a step of trust. If we take it with our relationships, if we take it in to do our relationships in a godly manner, if we do it to handle our money in a godly manner, if we do it to work in a godly manner, we are, we are making space for God and He's going to take care of the rest. Now I'm not here and God is not picking on you today. He loves you. I want to talk about health today. And we see this in a few different aspects. And um, I, am, uh, I am at this moment in my life trying to be accountable to my physical health. And, and, it's, and it, it comes in a way that says, God, you've given me this resource, five foot 11 inches of handsomeness, you know. Please. <laughs> five foot 11 of awesome. No. God, you've given me this. It only lasts for so long, regardless of how good of a job we do of taking care of it. I've got this resource. And, and that's, what this, that's what this is all about, is everything that God has placed in your life, He's given you those relationships. He's given you those dreams. He, he's given you those gifts. He's given you these resources. And what, how are we putting Him first with them? Let me read you from 1 Corinthians 6, 18-20. How do we put God first physically? This says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize, here's the key verse of this section, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong 
to yourself. Now that flies in the face of a really strong culture of humanism right there. This is contrary to our programming. This is contrary to how we're wired, by the way. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Now Paul's talking, the Apostle Paul wrote this section of Scripture, and and he is referring specifically to sexual sin and, and the damage it does to us physically, which I think is interesting. But within that is this phrase of, your body being a temple for the Holy Spirit. And so people pull out just that one little verse, you know, that little section to say your body's a temple for the Holy Spirit. Yes. What does that mean? It means that he is trusting these bodies, these human, the, the, the scriptures will use the word like a, a tent, like this portable, like this temporary thing. And, and we all know how temporary life is and, and we should enjoy it. And, um, but it's like God has trusted these, another verse says these uh, pots of clay, jars of clay. God has trusted these simple piles of flesh to carry the Holy Spirit of the living God. And He wants to use my life to further His kingdom. Well, I have a soul that's eternal regardless what happens to this flesh. But that eternity starts whenever this flesh stops, right? So I don't know what that window is. The dash, some people call it. The, the birth date to, the, to the, the date you pass. I don't know how long that is for you and how long for me is. But we're supposed to give that over to the Lord. And we shared the other day, was we used it in the reference to possessions, but the opening story was a parable where Jesus mentioned a guy that says he'd basically done all that he thought he should do in life. He had built up a big pile of possessions, and he said, I don't need to do anything else anymore. And it said in that Scripture that, that God said, your very life will be demanded from you tonight. Because in that statement, you just said the world doesn't need me anymore. That's heavy. We're here with this gift of life to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Now hopefully there's a day that I don't have to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week to to pay the bills. It'd be nice if there's a change in maybe what my weekly activities look like. Right? I'm not speaking against a retirement plan or preparing for a day when you don't want to have to maybe physically work as hard. But your breath is basically proof that God has a purpose for you on this planet. And so we sang a song this morning, it's your breath. It is borrowed. This verse says that this body isn't mine. And so it's one more thing that I get to steward like every other thing that God has placed in my life. And so... This is a big deal. And so we love Him by loving Him first. And so uh, as far as our physical body, I would say this. We see this in the Old Testament where they they built the tabernacle, which was a portable uh, temple, and then they built the temple. What did they do after they built it? They dedicated the temple. 
So you and me need to before God say, God, this is, this is a simple thing. God, I thank you for this resource. God, I might have health issues. I might have problems. I might have mental issues. I might have uh, these concerns. But God, I thank you for the breath that you have given to me. And God, I dedicate my physical resources to you today. And so we love him with all by loving him first. What about emotional health? This is a big one. This is crippling all of humanity, even within the church, right? If you don't feel like getting out of bed, how can we, how can we reach our neighbor? Like, how can we make, you know, these are real things. I, I'm not, I don't say any of this to minimize it. There are, you can be mentally and emotionally crippled from functioning to the world, especially after a traumatic event or something like that. That's why we got to take care of our soldiers who come back. These are, these are real things. And, and they might be physically in perfect health, and many soldiers are, but they have experienced something that has emotionally shut them down. Right? This can happen with kids going through divorce. This, we, we are emotional creatures. We're emotionally alive, right? If you're married, say, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you don't understand how the other person emotionally processes things. I guarantee you. And so we've got this, what? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, that's just my house. I'm sorry. Uh, and that's her talking about me. I'm a crazy person. And, and so we have this emotional being. Listen to these verses. John 14, 27 says this. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give you. We've got to understand that. The world says you've got to find it. Go find your own peace. I can tell you where yours is, where mine is, where your neighbor is, where your kids is. It's in the center of Jesus. Only He can give it to you. So it says, don't be troubled or afraid. How much of my life do I spend troubled or afraid? At least troubled. Like, oh my gosh, the angst that we carry. And Jesus is saying, I've given you this gift of peace. Open it. Use it. Live it. And we say, no, I prefer my anxiety. Thank you, Jesus. We don't really say it, but that's what we do. We hang on to it. God says, I want you to be emotionally healthy. How do we put our emotions? How do we give our all to God? 1 Peter 5.7 says, give all your worries and cares to God because He cares about you. But even this little, yep. But even, yep. But, yep. Give it to Him. You might have to give it to Him a thousand times. And you probably should start every day with God. I'm carrying stuff that I'm worried about that I, I, it's not for me to worry about. So God, I, I'm, I'm going to invite you to carry these things with me and for me. And God, I'm going to take your peace instead. What about mentally? These things tie together. I, I don't know that you can separate emotional health and mental health. Um, but we see this, this other thing that, that our culture is physically maxed out. They're emotionally maxed out. They are mentally maxed out. My heart is worn out. My brain is worn out. My body is worn out, right? Does this sound like your Tuesday night? Yeah. How, listen to Romans 12 too. 
Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So much of my mental um, stress is, is deciding what to do. Right? God, what's the right step for my family here? What's the right step for this church? What's the, you know, we all have our responsibilities across the board with the relationships, work. Um, we're either taking care of kids or you're, you might be helping with an older parent. You might be, who knows what? God, I, I need to know what to do. This says to let God transform your mind so then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. I want to know what God's will is for my life, for my family. It's not good enough for me to look at that garden and say, that's the fruit that I want. God, help me produce that fruit. Close. God, what's the fruit that you want? Oh, you want that relationship to be healthy too. Ooh. God, you want, oh, you want that too? You want that part of the garden to be, oh. Okay, because it's easy for me to think of the few things that I know I want to grow, and God is like, you've got to, I need this part of your life to get healthier. Okay, Lord. So that I can test and know His perfect will. God does not want you to wander through this life just bouncing into things, figuring out what the next step is. Just bumping your way through this maze called life and hopefully you find the right path. This says, let Him in. Give that part of your life to Him and then you can hold things up and test it and know that God is leading you in that direction. And that can be just as scary because you don't know what's next. But man, if I feel like God is leading me someplace... Over and over again, I just know that I just better walk in it because He's going he's to carry me. Listen to Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. How do we put God first mentally? We have to take some of that space and think about, let me read it again, things that are, thoughts that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This might not be the situation that's happening in your life. But how you invite God into that mental space is, God, I'm going to think about some things that are good right now. I've got to because my brain is flying and it's not pretty what's happening up there right now. And so God's not telling you to pretend those things don't exist. He's asking you to make space for Him in that maxed out space and say, I'm going to choose right now to think about things that are good. That might mean you have to turn off the news. It might mean that you have to turn off some voices in your life. It might mean that you need to hit the mute button on some things. Because you've got to take some time to hear the good. 
and to hear truth. You guys have done, that's part of why we're here on Sunday mornings. We need to hear God's Word. It, it just, it, it restores us. It keeps that plumb line uh, clear in our life. And, and we can walk away with something good to hang on to. That should be part of what happens here. And so, but you can do that throughout your week. Take time and think about something that is just good. Part of yesterday was being at that wedding and we're at two young people that are full of Jesus and they're, they're excited to get married and they're, they're wanting to do it God's way. And it's, it's so refreshing to just sit there and say, this is good. This is good. This is what, mar- this is, this is what it should look like. This is good. And it's refreshing to be around those things because we've, we've got plenty of other garbage, right? Even just average stuff. It's good to dig into things that are admirable and full of praise and, and things that are excellent. And so we've got this garden. I've got relationships in it. I've got my possessions in there. Children, my home. I've got my passion for things that I just like to do. I've got the calling on my life. I've got uh, the people that I care for. I've got this life. And God wants me to see the fruit that He planned for it before I started walking on this earth. Jeremiah says, I have plans for you. He sees your garden. What it could and should look like. Is that beautiful? He sees it. Just like when you have a kid, it's like you, you, the potential's crazy. It's like, I don't know what this kid's going to do, but I, I, they could do anything. And I, I, I believe in a good marriage for them. I believe in pro, uh, provision for them and, and a calling. And that's why in our mission statement, our vision statement, we say, welcome home to God, His family. You, you're, you can't function in this life of faith without community. Well, that's going to be a big part of Church for Dummies, by the way. Community. But then welcome home to His plans. I want to know what he thinks that garden should look like. Let me read to you Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven again. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all of your mind. We love him with all by loving Him first. This is true with our relationships. I, when I say I gave Danielle my heart, she, she's the person that I love above everybody else. I make room and I love everybody else, but if I love her first, then we're good. If I love any of you jokers before her, it's not going to be good. But that loving first, it doesn't diminish what I can do after. It's just, like, uh, it's just like making room for one more person at the table. There's always room. And if we get this straight, if we make room for God in our maxed out lives, if we put Him first in each of these areas, if we dedicate our physical, mental, and emotional health to Him, then this is one more set of resources that are turned over to the Kingdom of God. And then He can just He's going to blow my mind with what He does with me. He already has. 
I've been further and done more things and have relationships with people and I, I could not have dreamed the things that I've done that God has, has, has seen me through. No way. The margin we are missing, let's finish with this statement, the margin that we are missing is the space where God moves. And when we give Him those pieces, when we give Him that first place in each of those sections, we are giving Him room to move in that area of our life. Can we close this morning in prayer? God, I thank You for Your Word today. God, I thank You for this series. God, I thank You that You're not kicking anybody when they're down. You're not mad at anybody this morning, God. You're, you are not, um, you're not wanting anybody to, to uh, regret being here today. God, these are words of love. These are words of a good Father that want our lives to be healthy, that want our lives to be full of the peace that You've already made available to us. God, each of us has things that are going well, hopefully. God, each of us has things in our life that might not be going so well. Or maybe areas that we're just frustrated or, or just confused about or, or unsure of. It might be the next step. <clears throat> it might be the next step after high school, after college. It might be a relationship ended and, and you don't know what to do next. Somebody close to you may have passed. Uh, you might be a new parent. I, all these things come in and just, they, they restack the deck and they mess with us. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know the condition of the garden of your life. But I serve the one who knows. He knows you. And He loves you. And He knows what that garden can look like. If you need a touch this morning, physically, where you see that you've held something back from the Lord, your physical health, your physical resources, and you are ready to trust God first in that area. Would you raise your hand this morning? I see those hands. I see those hands. God sees those hands. He sees your hearts. How about emotionally this morning? You're on a roller coaster that doesn't seem to stop. All over the place. You don't know how to show restraint. You don't know how to hold your temper, you don't know how to, I don't know what it looks like in you. But you're ready to dedicate your emotions to the Lord. Is that you this morning? You see that as being an out of balance part of your life with Jesus and you want to dedicate them to the Lord this morning. Emotionally. Is that you this morning? I want you to raise your hand. Respond to God. I see those hands. I love it. These are big moments. How about mentally? Oh, this space that we hang on to, I think, tighter than any other space. Because we think it's ours. 
And yet that brain was given to you by the Lord. It's his, it's borrowed. It's a resource that you need to steward. If you have not trusted God mentally and you're ready to think about things that are good and holy and true and pure and you need to touch, would you raise your hand this morning? Respond to God this morning. I see those hands. He cares about every part of our life and he wants every part to be healthy. And finally, we always make a space for this. If you've never trusted Jesus with your heart, you have either fallen away or you've never chosen to follow him, mind, body, and soul, you, 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 you want to dedicate your life to Jesus today. You're ready to cross the line of faith. Is that anybody in this room? Would you raise your hand? Okay, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this word. God, we thank you for the series. God, I thank you that this life, this crazy thing we call life is a gift from you. God, I thank you that every breath comes from heaven. God, I thank you for the resources that we have. God, I thank you that we would face every day understanding that it has purpose from heaven. God, I thank you that we would look at every tomorrow that it has every purpose from heaven. God, I thank you that we would see our relationships as fields of opportunity, Father God, to breathe life into other people. God, I thank Thank you, God, that you would meet our needs, our physical needs, God, our mental needs. God, I thank you for those in this room that need healing in any of these areas. God, I thank you that the healing for mind, body, and soul is available because of the cross of Christ. God, I thank you that we can trust you with every aspect of our life. And God, we give our all by loving you first. And so we say yes today. We're going to make space for you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to close with worship. We've got prayer teams up here this morning. Come follow up with somebody. And, and, if, and if you don't get prayer today, follow up through Next Step Center or through a prayer request. We want to know what's going on with you so that we can walk alongside you. But come forward for prayer this morning for anything going on in your life or somebody else's life. God bless you.